1: You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian
0: Murphy and Doug Brazoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. Well, that's it, right, Doug? The season is over. Don't have to worry about caring about the Giants
1: the rest of the way. I mean, I don't want to agree with you. Uh, I'll say this: So, Giants prospects on Twitter said, "Since 1995, 13 teams have made the playoffs after starting 17 and 23 or worse through the first 40 games. Which most of those years there was only one wild card team. Now there are three. It's not hopeless, hopeless. Uh, but the Giants needed to do better this week. This was just not. Uh, this is just not good enough for a playoff team."
0: Yeah, I definitely thought split the four game series in Arizona. You come out of that 18 and 22. I'm, I'm seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's exactly what we talked about last week. You know, you would hope that the Giants were 500 and then they could get lucky and go on a run and get ahead. Now we're just hoping they can get lucky and get to 500. But at 18 and 22, it felt a lot more possible. Now, if they go on a six game winning streak, as flukish as that sounds right now, we know exactly what's going to happen. This is last year's team ported over to this year's team. Uh, but also just a year older for some of these guys. So I had, I had uh, some beach thoughts. We're recording this on Sunday night. So we're on mother's day. So it was taking a walk on the beach and, you know, just thinking about where the giants stood and all that. And, I think it's perfectly valid for people out there to go, Oh, they are what I thought they were heading, you know, from the off season heading into this season. There really hasn't been much of a surprise for that. Is that completely outlandish?
1: No, I mean, I th- I think it's fair. It's if you look at the way that all the five pitchers on the roster, maybe six have completely fallen their paces. Um. It, you just, you can't compete like that. You can maybe, if you, if you really get the offense going, then that's a 500 team and the offense hasn't been going that, like that. So it's, it's hard to see it right now.
0: Let's talk about the positive thing that we really do need to talk about because it's going to, it's going to tie into the negative pretty clearly. I'll, I'll be able to paint the picture. Casey Schmidt, that is the big news of the week. Uh, the Giants called up their number four prospect and he was great. He 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 had a great debut yesterday's game. Maybe the slider, but you know what? <laughs> Guess what? The slider is a tough pitch for all major league hitters to get to. So, you you hope that he wouldn't look
1: quite so rowandish on it. Uh, that's that's not promising to see him uh, his last at bat against the Diamondbacks. He struck out swinging on a slider that was two feet outside, which isn't ideal. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, that seems like that's giving the next team a blueprint of how to go after him. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's had such a strong debut. You have to at least believe it's possible that he'll be able to make adjustments. He'll be able to figure it out. And he, he looked when he looked good, he looked great. You know, he, he's still hitting over 400. Uh, I don't think he's walked, but he's had, he's had lots of power. He's hit the ball hard. He's uh, played sparkling defense. And he, he's the reason to hope right now. Uh, is it enough of a reason for the enti- to hope for the entire team? I mean, let's not get bogged down in that. But yeah.
0: no, no, no. <laughs> the, hold on, hold on. Nobody think this is going to save the season. This is right. this is going to tie into my negatives in a second, but let's stay on the positives here. The Giants called up their number 4 prospect early in the season, not when they were out of it, not because they traded a guy, not because of injury, kind of because of injury, but mainly because He was performing well enough. They needed some sort of a kickstart. Oh, I'm getting close to my negative here. But let's look at, you know, we had a bunch of glowing articles. Uh, There was several tweets. Giants with two home runs. Sarah Slang, slings on Sports. Giants with two home runs in their first career, first three career games since 1901. Casey Schmidt. The rest of that list we don't need to get into. But there are five five guys, and he was one of them. And that's good enough. Uh, Grant... Went into some parts about what makes it so great. Uh, he, he's one, he and Joe DiMaggio are, what, only two players to have, what, eight hits and four runs scored and four RBI in their first two career games um, or first, first three career games. Uh, I, I went through the play index and looked at the first three games, and I just wanted to know how many players had uh, at least five hits and two home runs in their first three career games. And Casey Schmidt is on a list of eight players. He has the most hits of that list. So I set it at five as the minimum. And Casey Schmidt had eight. He went eight for 12 in his first three games. He had two doubles, two home runs, 16 total bases. So most total bases, most hits. Number one on that list, Doug, for some reason, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners. Five for 11. uh, But he had three home runs in his first three games. Uh, But also on that list, interestingly, Aaron Judge. 5 for 10, 12 per, uh, plate appearances, 12 total bases. Is Casey Schmidt Aaron Judge? I'm yes. not saying that. <laughs> I, I I'll say it. He's, he's Aaron Judge.
1: The Giants have signed Aaron Judge. Didn't work out, so they just developed one. Case right. closed.
0: So the other list that I quickly uh, jumped away from had John Balker on it. John <laughs> Balker is also on this list. 6 for 10 uh, and 11 plate appearances, and he had 14 total bases. So an interesting mix of players, uh, a lot of recent players. Casey Schmidt also, according to list, this list, probably the best defender on it. Played really nice defense. I think that's something that we could say, right? He was making a lot of stat cast records for the Giants that they hadn't had in a while. Uh, playing shortstop and good. That I mean, the Giants calling up a prospect to help them out. That's what you want right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, he he did everything you could hope for. Um,
1: and it's been a while since we've seen a Giants prospect who we could say that about in his debut. Um, Sorry, no disrespect to Brett Pillar Aramis Garcia, also on the list that you mentioned. But uh, I mean, the last time a rookie came up and it was like the complete package it was, what, Buster Posey in 2010? Basically. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, Brandon,
0: way. I guess Brandon Belt's
1: well, but Belt yeah. hit one homer in that opening series against the Dodgers in 2011. Then, otherwise, yeah. was not very strong.
0: No, I, I guess it would be Posey. I, yeah. yeah, I think. Posey. I mean, techni- technically, Posey was called up in 2009, right? So, I mean, still also a little bit different too. But yeah, I always so think okay.
1: about okay, S- okay, Sandoval, then
0: fine. <laughs> yeah, Sandoval. But I always like to think about about that Buster Posey thing because I think some of the the little twinge of criticism that Casey Schmidt's first three games got was. Oh, it's against the Nationals who are rebuilding and their pitching staff is a shambles. And I'm like, well, remember the Giants called up Buster Posey in 2009 for his cup of coffee, and Bochy didn't play him. But then when they finally called him back up for good in 2010, they made sure it was against the Diamondbacks. And I think the his pitcher that the pitcher he was facing off against was a guy he had just crushed in AAA. Like that at either the previous season or most of that season before he got called up. So like, Oh, Posey just faced this guy last week and owned him. Let's make sure when Posey gets his debut, it's against this guy. And I think Posey had a sparkling debut against him when he finally got called up. So Casey Schmidt calling him up against a, a softer major league comp- competition to get him settled in. Great call. Also hitting home runs for a prospect. Good move. Pretty smart. <laughs> uh, you like to see him not miss it. Uh, I like that he brings a lot of energy. That seems to be a lot of comment. Uh, A lot of the comments that you're hearing is that he's fun to play with and be around. And I, how many Giants have we actually heard that about, especially recently? Very few. Now the cynical take, Doug. Did this have even a whiff of desperation on it for you? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Not alone. All right. (laughs) Um,
1: No, I mean, the Giants... In theory, if, you know, if they believe in their roster, then they should be keeping their roster intact. And the fact that they don't, and they're going to Casey Schmidt, who he was hitting fine in AAA, but he, he didn't hit for much power. He didn't walk a whole lot. Um, you know, a lot of his value, when a lot of value came from the fact that he played such kind of a sparkling defense, you know, he was hitting, he was hitting 300, but... His on base percentage and his slugging also were in the three hundreds, you know, higher in the three hundreds. But if you you want a shortstop, you want or you, if you want a third baseman, you want someone with power. If you want a shortstop, you can kind of accept that, but that's not that's not like an all star level production out of even shortstop. And so the Giants call him up, and he's great. And so I'm like, man, good thing I didn't tweet that I don't think he's gonna do that great because he would have immediately proved me wrong. But at the same time, is he ready offensively? You know, are there still questions? I Maybe. I mean, the glove could keep him in the lineup if the Giants are willing to ride out what, what are going to be some cold streaks. But I don't know if they are. I, I, I kind of go back to Christian Arroyo in 2017 who was on a crazy hot streak in AAA and they called him up and he wasn't all that good yet. Are they just doing this? I mean, I know that was that was Bobby Evans. This is Farhan, but is it the same kind of organizational mandate from the very top to be like, we'll give the fans something interesting. And it just kind of happened to work out for a little while this year. I don't know, maybe, uh, but it, it didn't help them win.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. Right. That's the thing. It's like, may, you know, maybe they would have not won a game this week though, if it had just been David VR, you know what I mean? Instead of uh, Casey Schmidt and, you know, Tyro Estrada's in short or whatever. And so, yeah, maybe he actually did help them win a couple of games this week. That's for sure. But in the in the grand scheme of things, one player, as you, we can see, as I'm talking about, as why it's OK, you Giants fan to go, OK, this isn't that nothing's happening this year. It's look at it, it's like it's more than one player. And I think between the Logan Webb extension and this Casey Schmidt call up, This is not me being sports talk radio. There's problems in the Giants front office, Uh, but there's definitely something there's some sort of like, Hey, if we're not going to develop, if we're not going to have a good team, we still need to do something exciting. (laughs) We still need to like try and in on the margins. This is what they, this is what Gabe Kapler told David VR when he got sent down, which that was news from Saturday. But Doug, could you imagine your managers like it's not working out and then you go, well, how can I improve? When at the margins, what the <laughs> f does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> so that's what David VR was told to do. Now to David VR's credit, Gabe Kapler also said to the press: the underlying numbers look good. I don't think he looks like a minor leaguer in over his head, but he's clearly struggling. So, you know, you know, he's not drowning, but he's clearly struggling to stay afloat. Let's put him in the minors. Let's see. That's a, I think Kapler gave him a public level of reassurance. We see defensively. I think his fangraphs war, like all of his value right now is coming from his defense. He's positive there, played a nice second base when he gets a hold of a ball, which obviously at a 30 plus percent strikeout rate, that's not, that's not happening. But when he's hitting the ball uh, in the air, which is at least 30% of the time, they're going for home runs quite a lot. So he's, he's doing some damage when he's doing it. Remember, Lamont wades under underlying numbers are why the Giants tendered him um, an arbitration offer. So that is something that's valuable to them. What am I getting at? Yeah, it's exactly what you said, Doug. What if they can't say that we're trying to win and develop and then spend more time developing than winning? And Casey Schmidt is, a, is trying to like thread that needle of like let's take a guy people are excited about who's doing fine and maybe he can help us win versus a guy we think maybe can help us win once he's done struggling but is struggling right now. I'm talking about David VR and let's like keep him to the side cuz it's discouraging to watch him play. I think the Giants are just in this really stuck situation where they their prospects are not prospect enough to come up and and build a core and then the team they have is it feels like right now Struggling is probably a kind word. Withering on the vine is what it feels like a lot of the time. The problem the Giants are
1: facing is that their their most their impact prospects, at least from an offensive point of view, are, are in double A. Um, Matos and Luciano, you know, Luciano just came back, are are in double A and they're not they're not doing badly necessarily, but they're clearly not ready yet. So they kind of have to have these stop gaps until, you know, they can come up and uh, and start producing. Um, I think the other thing, I just want to go back a little bit, because one thing we we mentioned, one thing you mentioned uh, when you were talking about Schmidt was um, that you could, you know, well, you know, you could discount what he did because it came against poor pitching and I don't think that's right. And that I think that's true. It's not right. I think it is right to discount, to, to double count what the rest of the team did against bad pitching because they didn't do much. That's true. The, the entire rest of the team against Patrick Corbin Looked like they were facing Clayton Kershaw, basically, with you know a couple exceptions, and that's that. Patrick Corbin is one of the worst player pitchers in the majors. Um, if you slightly
0: have, better this year, slightly, slightly better, better this year, Duke. but
1: still very bad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you have any ambition at all for your season to be average above average, you need to to just beat the shit out of Patrick Corbin. Metaphorically, yeah. you don't yeah. have to actually hit him with the bat. Right, but the balls he throws, you should hit those pretty hard. That's right. Yeah, and so the fact that they didn't do that is such a red flag, and it's why, you know, the weekend they had in Arizona, where they struggled again to score runs, um, for the most part, wasn't a huge surprise, and it's it's really worrying. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they can do there. You know, Austin Slater coming back won't fix this. No. It's, it's hard to watch. And Jock Peterson's not having a strong enough year that he's going to fix it either.
0: So the Giants went 2-5 and five last week. Darren Ruff, DFA'd, granted his release. Austin Slater to the IL. Brandon Crawford back off the IL. David Vr optioned. Uh, Jock Peterson ha- got hit in the hand, so he's day-to-day. We also have Luke Jackson finally beginning his rehab and is eligible to come off the IL on May 29th. I say all that to set up Doug, What's something that interested you about the Giants this week? (laughs) Brian, we already talked about Casey Schmidt. He was literally
1: the only interesting thing about the Giants this week. Uh,
0: Well, what I found interesting was, you know, sometimes you watch when you listen to the Giants broadcast. I love Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper. I really honestly do. So this is not even a criticism. But sometimes, you know, they're also homers and that's fine. They'll say stuff where you're like, okay, whatever. And the home run that Michael Conforto hit on Wednesday in, in against the Nationals, they're like, well, oh, Conforto's back. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to take this with him to Arizona and you just wait and see. And it was one of those things where it's like, sure, dad, whatever, <laughs> whatever you whatever you say. Okay, and, uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, you know what? He they did. were right. they were right. <laughs> it worked out just fine. Um, Michael Conforto, I would not, I would still not argue is necessarily turning it around. I'd like to see him do it for more than five games, but his last five games, he's actually filling up the box score with some positives. So he's had three home runs in his past five games. That's fantastic. So he's, he's turning it around solidly. He's played 36 games for the giants. And, uh, I, I would say, I don't think it was worth writing off Michael Conforto, but understandable, but also I guess it's kind of like, let's see what happens because yeah, the dude didn't play for a whole season. And then there was also the COVID season. There's kind of like a couple of things going on with Michael Conforto where he just hasn't played much baseball in the last, you know what I mean? Like in the last few years, same as Mitch which who I will get to, but I would say one thing that's interesting is like, man, if he can get going, I guess as we're seeing though, with the, with the giants, Doug, one guy gets going and everyone else is not going. So we'll see. So nothing else for you. Uh,
1: Logan Webb, Logan, Logan Webb, Logan Webb. It's been encouraging to see Logan Webb. He had a slow start to the year. Um, he had a good start against the nationals. He had a, a really good start against, obviously against the diamondbacks yesterday. Uh, it didn't work out for the team, but if you go seven innings, give up one run against a good team. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really, really strong outing. He's getting ground balls. He's, uh, his strikeout numbers weren't weren't super high no, yesterday, but no, you know, no. he he went in there and he pitched like a ground ball pitcher. And yep. that's um that's how he's gonna be successful. And then it's just when he gets the strikeouts is when he takes it to the next level. But the level just the level of being an extreme ground ball pitcher who can keep fooling guys, keep getting them to roll over on pitches, ground out, that's that's a re- that's a great that's a great thing to have
0: one other thing that's interesting, we found out what happened with Anthony DiSclafani. He dropped a piano bench on his toe or he like stood up weirdly and it. And it like knocked his toenail off or something. So he's got an injured toe, which might explain why the nationals were able to jump him on, on the Monday game, but he came back and his, his start on Saturday. And even though he left the game, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to hit the IL. but he looked great before he left. So I guess in combination with Logan Webb, like the three of them, cause we haven't, Talked about Alex Cobb again. That's interesting to me. I'm like, okay, the Giants do have something on their pitching front. Those might be the only three good and Camilo Duvall, those might be the only four guys they have. Yeah. But that was interesting to me to see, like, okay, this doesn't feel flukish while I'm watching it. And it's good, you know, any pitcher can have a bad day, you know what I mean? With like the Nationals. And the Nationals are a hard team to strike out. Like they do, they do hit the ball well, like for a rebuilding team, they do, they do have some strengths and they were able to get to Sclifani, but kind of knowing that there's another reason behind it was sort of reassuring in a way like, okay, he's not like turning back into a, he's not pumpkins, Clefani-ing before us. Um, disco pumpkining, uh, whatever. So Brian, what's something you found concerning this week? I said this at the top. I'm just going to say it again. The giants are toast, Doug. I find it <laughs> very concerning that they are not competitive in their own division. I, requesting a waiver on the, on their uh, compatibility against the Padres, because I don't feel the Mexico city series was worth examining, but I started this at the beginning of the season, you know, the Yankees, that's a tier that they don't live on the Dodgers, obviously a tier. They don't live on the diamondbacks. Possibly the diamondbacks are a good team. And to the giants credit for the most part in all four games, they're in them. So I would say it's kind of bad to take one series and write them off. But also there are fewer games against your division. So actually these games matter slightly more now. And, uh, and the Giants couldn't even get a split. I wrote about this the other day when uh, the Giants play four game series in Arizona, which is not every year. But usually they tend to signal how the rest of the season is going to go. Heading into this series, they were 8-3-3 three, and three, all time in four-game series in Arizona, which do you remember in 2021, Doug? There was no Croncast for 2021, but the Giants played two four-game series in Arizona and won seven of the games. I (laughs) I did
1: not remember that.
0: And they beat the Diamondbacks in the season series (laughs) 17-2.
1: to You know what? I do remember that. (laughs) I liked that. That was fun.
0: So... Them losing three of four, you know, in the history, you know, the Diamondbacks haven't been around forever. So it's like, it sounds dramatic, but it's like 25 years, you know, in the history of the Giants versus Diamondbacks, usually that tells you how the Giants season is going to go. So what I found concerning is one of my Brian Murphy bellwethers or weather veins for how the season is going to go really pointed south for me this weekend. I'd like to be wrong. Doug, what's something that concerned you about the Giants?
1: Uh the pitching. Yeah, they have you stinky know, I mentioned this, poo-poo. I have stinky poo-poo. I mentioned this at the top, but you know, the Giants have Webb. Webb's, you know, no worries about Logan Webb. Uh Cobb has Alex Cobb has been phenomenal. Uh D looked good. You know, he's had the toe problem. He ended up giving a few runs against the Nationals, which was I think a little bit fluky. And also when you're a low walk guy, um, if you don't strike out a ton, then you will very occasionally have innings like that. I'm not particularly worried about it. I remember it happened twice to Madison Bumgarner um, when he was good with the Giants, once against the Twins, once against the Reds. It just kind of happens. Uh so I, I'm not worried about any of them. Camilo Duvall, I think, is back. He's uh he's looking good. Tyler Rogers gave up the the winning run yesterday, but I'm not I'm not concerned. You know, that was in his second inning of work and they were just kind of pushing him. I think Taylor Rogers looks fine now. All of the rest of them can go. Uh, yeah. Yep. It, you know, okay. Well, I guess I'll wait for Alex Wood to make actually make a start before I, I pass judgment on him. But I, that's half a pitching staff um, of non-major league performances, basically. Uh, sorry, John Brebbia, but I'm still annoyed that you walked three guys in the inning that time. Yeah. Um,
0: also the Doug when Doug Brazoni writes you off, Scott Alexander, watch yeah. out. you're done. you are done. Just, he just you know Scott Alexander, I just didn't trust him
1: and I was right, damn it.
0: That shady mustache yeah.
1: <laughs> just looks like Eli walk. That's it yeah um, but it's you know the Giants just don't have pitchers to cover all the innings unless everything goes perfectly. And even that can only possibly happen three times, three times in, you know, three out of the five guys when they take a turn through the rotation, because, you know, Manai is giving them nothing. Stripling is giving them nothing. Uh, and just the, the whole back half of the bullpen is giving them nothing. And you can't trust any of them when they come in, you just think it's an automatic run at least. And I don't know how they solve this problem. They don't have the pitching right now in Sacramento to fix that. Um, it, maybe they try to stretch out Tristan Beck and get him in the rotation instead of, you know, to have Wood and then, and then Beck. I don't know if they really believe in Beck as a starter. I they've think been... you're right.
0: I think yeah. it's got to be that.
1: I mean, but I they've don't... been right when they haven't believed in guys as starters. They didn't believe in Jelly as a starter. They were right. It, It's, at at this point, I mean, it's kind of a desperation move, but they don't have another one. And it is it is hard to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... Whew. I mean, you mentioned Alex Wood and I kind of forgot. Oh yeah, he's back. And, you know, as a, as a fifth starter, I like him going four innings, you know, starting the game and going four innings. I mean, that sounds terrible, but it's also like, I, I exactly, I want to see what Alex Wood can do because he's been pretty solid. You know what I mean? Like he'll more than Maniah and Stripling. I'm like, I'll, I'll throw Alex Wood out to face a lineup once and a half, maybe two, if he's going really well. And then see what happens. But Junis, but like literally anyone else who would back him up, it's it's almost the same as not having a starter. And it, it, I don't know how they do it either. The People might be screaming, well, you could just call up Kyle Harrison. Just call him up. He's right there. They haven't stretched out Kyle Harrison because maybe they were foolishly trying to save his innings for later in the year. And then the other part is it's going to be Casey Schmidt all over again. One guy is not going to turn it around.
1: I'll say about Kyle Harrison. Apparently, the Giants have looked at some numbers. I, I trust that they're right about the past on this. I don't know how much it relates to him. One of the reasons they haven't stretched him out a lot is apparently with young pitchers, when you put a lot of innings on their arms early in the year, it uh, decreases their performance pretty significantly later in the year. So I mean, I think they're still trying to build it up build him up as a pitcher for you know August and August but also for next year. Um, so I think that is part of their plan. And that's, you know, obviously he's not making it difficult because uh, he, he's walking a lot of guys, but, um, but I, I think that is what they're thinking there.
0: Well, anything else concerning to you, Doug? Cause I'm out. <laughs> um, also most of the lineup. But, you know... all, oh, so that, that was the other... You know what? That was the other part because it, to cover the back of the rotation, it would be a lot help, more helpful if they could score more runs.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, it takes up, You know, if Mitch Haniger was producing, it would maybe take some of the pressure off of John Brebbia or Scott Alexander to make the perfect pitch, right?
0: Yes. You just reminded me. My other concerning was Mitch Haniger, And I did a quick comparison because, you know, he's obviously... Fifteen games off the IL, so I did. He didn't play on Sunday. I did a compare. He didn't play on Sunday against the lefty. Yeah, that's Korean. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Michael Conforto, who's played what five games in the last three years, his <laughs> first fifteen games with the Giants this season, he had four home runs, he had ten walks and eighteen strikeouts on his way to an eight forty seven OPS. Mitch Haniger. His first 15 games, he has a 525 OPS, two home runs, two walks, 18 strikeouts. Yeah. So, not going to do it. Nine to one. It's not what you want. And 15 games is not anywhere near bust territory. But I think we've talked about this before. I think the Giants are hoping that out of whatever 162 times three is, I don't remember <laughs> that there's a that there's 162 good games in there. That's that's basically like they get a season's one good season's worth of Mitch Hanniger somehow out of three. It yeah. seems like the strategy because, but yeah, he's been pretty terrible, scary stuff. Two more things I want to touch on this, uh, this week, Amy G, Amy Gutierrez, who does the in-game, broadcast in stadium uh, field reporting for the Giants they announced on Friday that she's also going to be doing Saturday afternoon games with the river cats which she'll be doing field reporting but also color commenting in the booth and I wrote about this yesterday as sort of a question for you Doug the future is now for Giants broadcasting right where we're hearing it everywhere but do you know what I'm saying like Amy G I think is doing Sacramento like getting her minor league reps to eventually join the major league squad. We've got FP Sant'Angelo now, uh, Joe Rizzo, Javier Lopez, obviously, Sean Estes, Hunter Pence. You know, we've got a lot of new voices and faces in the mix because our legacy guys, quote unquote, are starting to, you know, go towards retirement. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's...
1: I have to assume that Joe Rizzo will eventually be full-time with the Giants just because they need... Assuming Fleming, Dave Fleming stays, they need another play-by-play guy, um, and so in theory, it would be nice to have two more. Like right now, of the the main four broadcasters, three of them are play-by-play guys, um, and of the of all of the guys that you mentioned, all the people you mentioned, it's really just Joe Ritzo. The rest of them do color commentary, and you know they're they're fine. You know they you've seen the Giants over the last several years, kind of work their way through. And see who's who's good at it and who's not. Um, Randy Wynn is not great in the booth. JT Snow was not great in the booth. Uh, you know, Hunter Pence is exciting. I I don't know how many games he's done. He's very excitable. He's very Hunter Pence in there. Uh, that's as close as you're going to get to a replacement for sort of Kruko's energy, I think. But I don't know if if that's going to work out. Uh, Javier Lopez uh, has been has been good. Sean Estes has been good. I think this year. Um, but they, yeah, they, they need to find people who can, who can do these jobs when crook and Kipe and eventually John are all, are all gone. And I think Amy uh, kind of, Amy's, you know, like you said, getting her reps in Sacramento. And another thing, just, you know, Sacramento is sort of used to a, a woman as a color commentator on their major sport. Katie, Katie Christensen is the color commentator for the for the Kings. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's sort of going to be maybe a little less immediately hostile than environment because of that. I think that's possible. And all, but also Amy has so much, Amy G has so much goodwill built up against among giants fans that uh, if she wants to try this, I'm sure they're, they're very supportive of it.
0: FB Santangelo. I mean, he's trying to do Dwayne Kuyper. That's kind of his thing. Cause he'll do both. He'll, they'll switch off, especially when they're shorthanded. And he's definitely trying to do kype on radio very clearly, and his color stuff. I actually think he's pretty good, and I actually think Joe Rizzo is has gotten even better. Because I, I always thought Joe Rizzo was fine, you know what I mean. But like now he's doing it more. I'm, I, I maybe I'm just more used to him. But along those terms, uh, Joe Rizzo is sort of following Dave Fleming. Like he's he's Dave Fleming's understudy. And FP is Dwayne's understudy, and you know who doesn't have an understudy? The missing piece, the main one, the one that's probably irreplaceable is John Miller. Yeah, because Dave yeah, Fleming I mean... and Joe Rizzo—they have this. They're on the same tone, like the tone of their voice, tone and tenor. Although Fleming goes a little deeper and all that, but John Miller's voice is so distinct, so rich, uh, so uh, announcerly, I guess uh, that it's just—it's it, like trying to replace uh, Vince Scully. Like, good luck. Yeah, I
1: mean it's. I mean the Giants were were lucky that when Lon Simmons stepped away, they had John Miller. Yeah. Because um, you know Lon Simmons had that announcer voice. I'll say if you listen to highlights of Hank Greenwald, he he didn't. His voice yep. was a lot closer to um, to Dave or, or to Joe Rizzo. So and you know he was pretty beloved until the Giants fired him for whatever stupid reason they fired him for, cheap being cheap because he criticized <laughs> them. I don't <laughs> know one of those. But yeah, I mean they're they're clearly. They're pretty clearly planning for the future because, you know, the day's coming up when, when Krucos not going to be able to do it anymore. And I think Kype has said that he'll probably step away when Krucos not there anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough loss. It's just going to be, I mean, his perspective is great. I think we definitely have gotten used to a lot of their rhythms as well. It's just, you know, any changes is, is tough for sure. But in terms of broadcasting, you know, there's a part of me that's like with John Miller and everything, Dwayne Kuyper is sort of their, their prospect, right? Like Krug and Kuyper, their prospects that they nurtured and built up and they're now shiny jewels. And it's just, there's a part of this, like this whole rebuilding, this whole post championship era, there's just this element of like, Oh, the giants are returning to the league of ordinary teams. You know what I mean? Like just middle of the pack. And I guess that is kind of an insult. Like Dave Fleming is a fantastic broadcaster and he's, he's in the same mold. Like the giants have nurtured that he's shining, you know, he's obviously a Stanford guy. He's like, he, wherever he wound up, he was probably going to grow from there. Interesting to note. This is my final point on the broadcasting thing. We haven't heard any announcement of his extension. This was the year that it was, it was up after last season. Um, so I'm very curious to know what, what's happened behind the scenes, why it hasn't been announced. If there's some, if it will be announced in conjunction with sort of, you know, where, what John Miller's status is. But Dave Fleming's contract expired after last season. He had a four year deal. Maybe there was an option on there that they didn't mention in the announcement, but uh, it was very interesting that we just haven't heard anything about it. No one's talked about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that they're working something out. I mean, Dave is obviously, I think, regardless of his contract status at this point, Dave is going to stay as long as he wants to. So, I mean, in that sense, I'm not that worried about an official announcement um, because if he wants to stick around, the Giants will will keep him around. And if he wants to start doing other things more, then the Giants won't have a choice. So, I yeah. mean, like, you know, I just I wonder it, if
0: like the front office is like, well, according to our internal metrics, his ex voice and all that <laughs> stuff, like we're, we see the aging curve on this and uh, we're not happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> I I tend to doubt it. <laughs> His molef Lewis plus I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> His you know we look
1: at the advanced timber minus and it's yeah. it's a there's some worrying trends in there.
0: But I bring it up because it's important to me. I think you know baseball being an entertainment product, it's all part of the same thing. I'm watching the Giants outside of the city. When I watch them somewhere else, it reminds me of home or it reminds it's it's a distinct marker of the team. So that's important to me. I think it's important to a lot of people. I don't think it's that unusual. So, uh, All right, Doug, what are you writing about next week over there on your sub stack?
1: Brian, I've got no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: it's When the Giants have a depressing week, it is, it is hard to figure out ideas that aren't just like, everything is doomed. We're doomed. Uh, I, just, I just completely typed in a bunch of garbage for the sake of that bit.
0: That's effects. good. The, the yeah. important thing is to start writing and then you can rewrite. But yeah. yes, I mean, look, I just wrote an article saying like, was, was that a hopeless first month of the season? So it would seem disingenuous to come back two le- weeks later and go, yep, hopeless. It's over.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: the feeling is certainly hopeless. And, but I think we're going to have a lot more fun because the Giants are stuck in the mud and we're driving by them and we get to point and laugh at them. But, you know, they'll eventually get their, their car out of the mud. You know, will the same passengers still be with them? So will some of them have hitched a ride elsewhere? Will people have forgotten that they were ever stuck in the mud? Like, who knows? Who cares? Like, it, it ultimately doesn't matter. The Giants, for whatever reason, are in this no-win scenario where they have to wait for the farm system to develop. We didn't even really get into that. And Doug is, uh, go listen to him. He mentioned last week, but he's on with Roger Munter on the There are Giants pod- podcast. Finally listen to it there's some, there's like little, little sparkles of hope in the, in the minor league system. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, there are a lot of,
1: even the guys in Sacramento who aren't exactly performing yet are, they're not like the minor league veterans. You can immediately write off They're the guy, they're like the young guys who come up through the system. There's, you know, Will Wilson who's starting to hit a little bit now after a really tough first month of the season. Um, and there's kind of a lot of guys like that who, you know, they can figure it out. They can get better. Hopefully on the pitching side, they will get better. Like right now, like today, <laughs> they need to get better
0: today. I was going to say for all those little twinkles of hope and that there are fewer Jason's Vossler to rely on it, the no pitching, absolutely no pitching. none, none at all. Um, and I, that'll, that, but I think that's going to be the fun of the next month and a half as people go nuts is like, and like the Giants dodging questions, because all of them should just be on the player development now. Right. Every question, like, why can't your old guys hit is like such a, like as Giants fans in the Oracle park era, we've been here. We don't need to ask that question. <laughs> well,
1: look, we know old guys. Don't hit. We're paying. We're not paying for Brandon Crawford because he's good. Now we're paying because we like him.
0: Like you are, you guys have figured this out from every angle, and all it comes down to is your shit doesn't work in player development or the postseason. So what else have you got, Moneyball? Like what's going on? Why is it so difficult, or why you know why is it taking so long? That's a great question for impatient fans to ask. Why is it taking so long to develop prospects? We're gonna be facing two teams with interesting prospect track records. We. I'm not facing anybody. I'm going to watch the Giants (laughs) play the Phillies for three games. They're kicking off a six game homestand this week against the Phillies. That'll be an interesting test. I'm sure the Giants will somehow be oddly competitive just to surprise us or they'll get their brains beaten in either way. And then they're going to have three against the Marlins. Oh God. Interesting spectrum of player development. The Phillies have a lot of player development success, but also free agency success mixed in there. You know, Bryce Harper, then you got the Marlins that are in a perpetual rebuild, but have some interesting players. Um, so look forward to that. And uh, and the Marlins will injure someone on the Giants. Because That's it's right. Tradition. The Death Fog can't the forget fog. about that. Yeah. Uh, send us your questions. Let's do a mailbag soon. So send us your questions at Giants on Twitter. Uh, you know what'd be fun if you tagged Fans First Sportsnet on Twitter at Fans First SN. They're our new network. That's where you can find the Giants Croncast. You can also find shows about the 49ers. Maybe the Warriors. Maybe. Rest in oh, peace, are, Warriors. Are
1: people interested in the Warriors?
0: <laughs> it's an interesting week that the both the Giants and Warriors turn mm-hmm. off the lights for their <laughs> for their fans this week. We're like, nope, it's over. Um, but I, I, I still think who would you rather whose future would you rather have over the next few years is an interesting question to have. So <laughs> ask us that question on a mailbag and we'll we'll try to do a mailbag maybe at the end of the month. That might be fun. So all right, until next week, Go Giants.